Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Al's back, baby. He's back. Everyone's Mr. been waiting to hear this from you, and finally the day has arrived. And here it is. Hoo Yeah, I was in scent of a woman. <laughs> Hit us with your best Al. Fire away. Oh, I was in heat. <laughs> Robert De Niro. Oh, and of course, the greatest movie of all time, Ocean's 13. <laughs> Let's go. go. You know we got to keep it hype all day and night like this. Showing love when we can. Shout out to the super fans. Uh-huh. You don't really want to miss Pop Soccer. Stay lit. So if you ready, we ride and take it back to the 90s. From movies to the video games, just a couple of nerds keep us so entertaining. Hey, Pop Saga. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Pop Saga, the podcast that dives deep into the 25-cent bin of pop culture and revisits the classics that shaped our entertainment landscape. Fasten your seatbelt, folks, because today we're taking you on a lightning-infused journey back to 1990, a time when a small screen was struck by a bolt of superheroic excitement. That's right. We're rewinding the clock to explore the exhilarating pilot episode of the iconic 90s Flash TV show. With the much-anticipated Flash movie currently racing through theaters, what better time to dust off this vintage gym and relive the origins of the fastest man alive? So strap yourselves in, Pop Saga pals, as we embark on this epic journey through time, space, and the Speed Force. Who are we? I'm your host, John B. Speeding. And joining me, as always, is the lightning-fast Emerald Speedster himself, Forrest Quickfire. So prepare to be whisked away on a thrilling adventure as we unlock the secrets behind the 1990s Flash TV show pilot. Get ready for a podcast episode that's faster than the speed of sound, because on Pop Saga, the past always meets the present. Is that true? Oh, no, I guess it is 100% true. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Very well said, Robin. Uh, wrong show. Um, I mean, you could have fooled me. Uh, it was weird. We're not the Batman theme song <laughs> at all. No, this is about Flash. <laughs> like, it's like you got Danny Elfman scraps. That's what oh, yeah. Like. So it was just like, this is this was the Batman theme song, and uh, I didn't like it. I picked something better, but uh, this show can get this. Yeah, I'm he definitely just... back to Oingo Boingo. <laughs> he definitely just rifled through his steno pad uh, when coming up with a Batman theme song and chose a first draft for this, the uh, 1990s Flash pilot that was, uh, I don't know about you, John, but the version that I saw was the version they put out on VHS later where they combined the two opening episodes uh, yep, yep. To, to one two-hour extravaganza. Yeah, uh, holy, holy smoke. Yeah, holy this, smoke. This was yeah. a long one. Yeah, it was like, uh, oh, it's still going. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely paused it at a third of the way through, and I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, like, no. I mean, I watched a point and I was like, oh, I got to go out to lunch. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Came back yeah. later. It's like, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Still 
Still, still 40 minutes. <laughs> there's still so much left. What could possibly happen in this time? And the answer, of course, is not that much. Uh, but we will get into it. But, John, first we have, I think, one of uh, one of our most exciting, uh, anticipated, uh, sought-after segments that we just have to get into. That's right. The podcast within the podcast. The podcast uh, started by a fever dream of a, of a hallucination and influenced by uh, the evil overlords of, of Fresca. Um, just kidding, Fresca. You're sure you're not evil. <laughs> uh, don't brainwash us again. Uh, as you have in the fiction of our podcast, if you're not familiar with what I am talking about, I'm talking about, of course, the Fizzy Friends. Here come the Fizzy Friends. Bubbly bodies, the fun never ends. You'll never find a show quite so nice. Fizzy sodas are our only vice. It's time for Fizzy Friends. Grab a pop, the show's about to begin. With a couple of real soda jerks talking about tonics, life's one true perk. Now, without further ado, the Fizzy Friends. Hey, you. Hey, you. Hey. I, you know what? Uh, can you feel the love to... I can. I can here in this audience. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the live studio audience that we fly in every time we have a Fizzy Friends. And please, shuffle out. We do not validate parking. Um, but today, we had to call an emergency session of the Fizzy Friends uh, to talk about one of the most momentous occasions these days in the software industry. That's right. The the dropping of a Coca-Cola limited edition. Hi, on the uh, on the what the outskirts of what dreams taste like. Coca Cola <laughs> decided to surpass that by telling us what ultimate tastes like. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Right, telling us what ultimate tastes like. Of course, the uh, the name of the soda is Ultimate, uh, or this limited edition, and it is a collaboration with the juggernaut of the gaming empire the league of legends uh, league of legends x coca-cola uh has uh has has gifted has bestowed upon us this exciting new flavor called ultimate because i guess it's this is it you're not we're not getting any better than this one i mean i certainly hope they stop i mean <laughs> after, after this one you think that this <laughs> i'm is, thinking this, so i think that's i mean <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, look, if you want to do one more, you make Coca-Cola pin ultimate, and then you make ultimate, and then that's it. But if you're jumping straight to ultimate, yeah, I'm good. This well, they could have had anti-pin ultimate first, and then pin oh. ultimate. They could have done a whole three series, but no, if this is it. This is the top of the mountain. Uh, breaking news out of Atlanta, Georgia tonight. The Coca-Cola Corporation will no longer make soft drinks after creating the ultimate flavor for Coca-Cola. Back to you, John, in the room with the weather. Yeah, it's currently a near record high today in wherever my computer currently thinks I am. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun when you get those warnings. But uh, So, John, have you tasted this flavor yet? Is this going to be a... Is this going to be off the cuff uh, examination of this this exciting new flavor? 
Uh, no, I have already, I will not lie to our audience. I have already tried it. I tried it yesterday. Yes, I've um, already tried it as well. So this will don't, this won't be a, a new thing for me. I have opinions. I have stuff we need to talk about, but I do have a can right here to taste on air just so we can, you know, we can keep our credibility. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Uh, intact. I this is going to sound weird to everybody. I can't really handle the caffeine this late at night. I'll just stay up for hours. So, mm. you know, after like noon, like 12 is like when caffeine stops for me. So, yeah, uh, it's 7.35 p.m. Yeah, I record this a little late. Later in the evening, so. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got my little sleepies on. Of course you gotta. But here I've got this can. Oh, here it comes. Oh, very nice. I mean, All I right. could virtually do that. Hold on. Oh, yep, and you've got one, too, here. I'm just going to take a little sip. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> what is this swill? Oh, God! <laughs> uh, pretty good. Yeah, all right, that's what, that's what, that's what I thought. Not bad. Anyway, that's the spit of the fizzy friends. <laughs> Here come the fizzy friends. Bubbly bodies, the fun never ends. You'll never find a show quite so nice. Yep. Fizzy sodas are our only vice. Uh-huh. It's time for fizzy friends. Grab a pop, the show's about to begin. With a couple of real soda jerks, talk about tonics, life's one true perk. Now, without further ado, the fizzy friends. That's right. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> Stay yeah. away, y'all. I thought this is not a commentary on these either of these fine brands, both of which deserve a lot of respect and have a lot, done a lot of great stuff. This is gross. I'm you, you, I'm having the the the. Of course, this is <laughs> this is XP flavored. So this is what it tastes like to level up. Yeah, John, no, thank and you. Certain, and certainly, uh, after taking a couple swigs, I have definitely leveled up my blood sugar <laughs> to a point which is fart likely dangerous. Uh, and uh, I don't know; it's uh, it's so cloyingly sweet. There's so many weird fruit flavors in there. It's lost yeah. all semblance of what makes a Coke good. I don't like it. Yeah, it's very front heavy when it hits mm. you, and then it just kind of goes away. It's it's. It's not similar to how like Dream World or what was it like Bite flavor. Sure, a lot of them have have kind of had the same problem. I think the Space one was maybe a little bit more successful. It it was a little more spicy, a little more dry. Didn't have this this cloyingness to it. This is, I think you're right. It's very front loaded. It's like a, it's like a. Uh, somebody has a glove filled with guavas and other tropical fruit, and they're just smacking you in the mouth with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I for me, I feel like someone walked around with like a whole pack of like strawberry and cherry Jolly Ranchers and just yeah. dumped it into the vat. It's got a real like flavor in there that does it's it's sweet and it's fruity to a point. But it's not really like you can say, oh, that's a strawberry, that's a cherry, or it's just a random tropical-esque fruit flavor in there within like a flattish kind of Coke flavor. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, they even say it themselves. They're like, the profile will always be like 85, 90% Coke and then 10 to 15% random crap in it. And yeah. 
this throws that that out the window in my in my estimation. I, I I've lost the Coca Cola flavor, and anyone who listens to this podcast knows that we're big we're big Coke heads over here, and not the kind you're thinking of, Mom. That's right. We're all about the booger sugar over here. No, and by no, booger the, uh, sugar, no. I mean Coca Cola. Oh, yeah. what? Oh, I, yeah. okay. I've got. It's when I've I use the straw that I drink Coca Cola with to snort my booger sugar. <laughs> okay, no, this is what exactly right. what I'm saying. We're right? not. That's how about. that works. No, I thought that's mm. what we were all about. It's like, remember we used to sing that song all the time: booger sugar, booger sugar, booger sugar, booger sugar. We got so. dead booger sugar, booger sugar, booger sugar, booger sugar. <laughs> okay, no, get this us is, some uh, booger sugar, <laughs> right? Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Booger we, we almost called Pop Saga Booger Sugar. That's, <laughs> our, love that, for, a fact, our love for the nose candy. Come that's, on. I mean, yes. I love uh, Pixie Sticks. Yeah, I'll say see? It. Yeah, double entendre right there. Or, no, ooh, it's you, a single entendre. I like actual Pixie Sticks. I don't yeah, know what's in there. Uh, Citric acid and sugar? I don't know. Yeah, get a little coquina. No, I don't think so. No, we're changing the subject. <laughs> Fuck this soda. Yeah, it's, that, it's it's like, I mean, look, try it if you need to, but you don't need to. Um, if you prefer Coke, just drink a Coke. Don't waste your money on this. Yeah, I think what this has proven to me most of all, well, one, it's a genius marketing move because we're going out yeah. and buying them. We got to try them. The, limited, the, the fact that it says limited edition is always something that's going to catch my eye. Uh, so kudos to the folks who thought this up. Uh, but I think what it really proves is don't mess with a, a good thing. Coca-Cola is the ultimate cola. Everyone knows it. Sorry, Pepsi heads. You know, denial is a powerful thing. Yeah, I mean, look, if you like Pepsi, more power to you. We just like good soda. Yeah, that's right. So uh, so to you, Coca-Cola, cut it out. Okay? Please. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Come yeah, on. That's, that's really why I said I wish they would stop. Yeah, you, <laughs> need to like... pump the, you need to pump the brakes. We need to talk. There's something yeah. going on. I don't think it's right. This is not good. We, this is just not good. Like, like, take longer than a weekend to figure out what flavor you're using. You know yeah, I mean? or don't leave it to the last minute, and then you just sweep everything oh, into the table into the book. <laughs> All right, yeah, you hand me two uh, blue vials, a red vial, a green vial, and a yellow vial. What is? It? I don't know, but this is this is gonna be ultimate flavor. XP. <laughs> this tastes like yeah. League of Legends, right? Sure. Yeah, I, I certainly, I feel like I leveled down uh, after taking this. I don't know uh, if that's a thing. Uh, yeah. But you, you, you lost your talent points. Like you lost. A That's few right. Yeah. You have to exactly. Now. <laughs> exactly. I've died so many times uh, drinking this. <laughs> Not really died, but you know, spiritually, uh, metaphorically. Yeah, you're uh, getting tips now are coming up. Like you can set this to a lower difficulty. Right. <laughs> you have oh, trouble there, buddy. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, thank God I bought the little mini versions because that's really all uh, I can take. Um, so there's that. Put that, take that, put it on in your pipe and smoke it. I don't know. Um, in your straw and snort it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, so I think that dovetails nicely into the other, uh, our other famous drinking segment on the show. 
And that, of course, is... Uh... <laughs> I could not... Oh, what am I drinking? Oh, great question. Please tell us. We must go. Uh, well, I, uh, when I went to uh, Target looking for that um, ultimate Coke, uh-huh. I found that they had one of these um, cocktails in a bottle called On the Rocks. Oh, my. And uh, I saw they had one called the Mai Tai, uh, crafted with Cruzan rum. A tangy tiki Mai Tai crafted with a custom blend of Cruzan rum. It says pour over ice and enjoy. So that's what I did. It's been sitting here. Mm. And let me give it a try. Oh, here we go. I hear the ice. It's great Mm. ASMR. It's pretty mellow, but I kind of feel like I'm... Oh, no. (laughs) We're jamming. And we hope you're also a fan of jamming. Uh, <laughs> I had to know what would happen when you were playing a sound and I was playing a sound. Well, and now go. we know. Now um, we know. It, it's, uh, it's fairly innocuous for the most part, but it has a very okay. um, sticky Ooh. type of uh, aftertaste. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. But it comes in a nice bottle and a little cork and stuff, and yeah, it works in a pinch. But yeah, it's got like a like it's grossly sickly sweet like aftertaste to it. Yeah. Well, that that must be yeah. That sucks. That's not that's not fun. That's not fun. Yeah, but you got Mai Tai is a danger. You, you know, it can easily get into the cloying territory. You want to balance it out with your acids in there somewhere. Yeah, in they the, they uh, they. The middle. Yeah, they definitely didn't do that. Mm. But um, yeah, Sorry there you go. On the okay. rocks, tried something new, and that's what I get. Now yeah, you right. all you tried why something you can... new. <laughs> you got your dick slammed. That's yeah. what happens when you try something new. Exactly. Y'all are like, yeah, finish long drink, finish long drink. He only drinks finish long drink. Yeah, because that stuff's good. I could crush a twelve pack of that in like an hour. Yeah, and you then go be with what you know. Destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, go finish long drink's cakes. good. It's Let's good. not even tease anyone for their drink tastes. I say that's what I say. Exactly. You want to, you want to take a, a can of XP flavored soda and mix it with antifreeze. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't. I don't yeah. think you should. But if that's what you do, yeah, and you do, do you safely. I say. You know, chase your bliss, follow your dreams, uh, live, laugh, love. Uh, yeah, Pop t- Saga doesn't actually endorse putting in a freezer. <laughs> nope. No, you do don't you, do that. but not on the behest of us. Yeah, not that's what not. I, That's what I got. How about yourself? Oh, thank you so much for asking, John. Tonight, we're keeping it simple. Uh, we've got a can of Cerveza Modelo Especial. Uh, the golden, full-flavored Pilsner-style lager with a clean, crisp finish brewed in Mexico. That's right. The classic Modela Especial. And I have here 
a chilled tall glass with a little bit of lime juice in it already, and I have put around the rim salt and chili. Okay. All right. Because we're doing it up. Uh, fancy style here <laughs> the <laughs> Pop Saga Studios can't really hear it ah yes here's those bubbles oh don't you even dare spill okay good uh, alright I'm going to have a little taste mm. mm-hmm. it's good there you go and it even it's enhanced with the salty rim and the lime juice delicious stuff really gets me in the mood to talk about central city the gotham of the dc universe (laughs) wait a minute wait a second wait a second the dc universe that's where gotham is what is he talking about central city where we have four locations to shoot Oh, right. And we have so few exteriors. You'll never know where you are. Um, that's right. Central City, the uh, the setting of tonight's blockbuster TV, television movie, uh, 1990s, one-hit wonder, The Flash. Ran, once, ran so fast. So fast it ran right out of our televisions <laughs> into the canceled bucket. <laughs> ran for one... Uh, one a season, you know. Originally, so I actually encountered this uh, this television show on Action Pack when it was being re-aired on the uh, on the old Open, as you like to call it. Yep. Open. Um, open. But this was originally a primetime C- CBS, uh, you know, serious show. Yeah, that's how I it was aimed it. towards kids, obviously, but still a serious show. Yeah, I remember. I was super excited um, to watch it when it came out because you know you're first you had Batman in the theaters and you're like, oh my god, Batman's the greatest Batman ever! And yeah, this well, is one year after the Batman premiered. One year after the Batman premiered, and then you you know you got your next kind of comic booky movie and Dick Tracy and stuff, and then you get the Flash. Um, so I remember. And eagerly anticipating, because I think the first time I saw it was like on TV Guide cover or something. And I was just like, yeah. look at that costume. That's the greatest costume ever. <laughs> they oh did a lot God. of weird, not weird. I guess not at the time it wasn't weird because the internet wasn't really a thing. But uh, they did a lot of uh, interesting marketing with this one, showing uh, like a sort of a highlight, a sizzle reel at theme parks. And, uh, you know, ads and comic books, of course, where you might expect to see them. Um, but uh, I think did a couple of uh, spots during some primetime sports events as well, uh, showcasing the cinematic nature of this brand new television program. Uh, originally was set i forget exactly what it was going up against but it was it was set to capture like the younger audience on a on thursday nights at eight uh but then fox is like we're gonna do that exact same thing but with the simpsons and so the flash was like what <laughs> <laughs> moved it we're to 8 30 because they had to run out of the way real quickly as the flash is known to do even in this episode Oh hell yeah! You gotta stay away from the Simpsons. That was when they were finally that. That was when they were beyond 
the Tracy Ullman grasp at that point, and they're just the ratings juggernaut. I wouldn't want to be on the same night as them either. Yeah, um, yeah. It's great that they both had the same idea. Definitely, Simpsons more successful than <laughs> this this program. I mean, which I failed mean, to really garner. Yeah, picture but, of that Flash TV show was still on for thirty some odd years now. Oh man, I mean, it kind of is with uh, with John Wesley Ship appearing in uh, multiple episodes and being a very central important character in 2014's The Flash. It is almost as if uh, the Flash has never really left left us. Well, I mean, there's a fat gap between 1991 and... Just a little. <laughs> Just a little gap. They took a little time off, but then they're back at it again. Yeah, I mean, just a little space. It's fine, though. It's fine. Hey, they established in the, the 2014 Grant Gustin-led Flash that uh, the Flash... Uh, the, that show, that universe had existed this whole time. It had just been going. There's another uh, dimension somewhere out there where the Flash has been a going concern since 1991. Yeah, I believe, if I remember correctly, in the 2014 Flash TV show, they called that Earth 90. That's right, because it came out in 1990 and then was canceled thereafter, so might as well call it uh, Earth 90. Uh, and appropriately named. This show is '90s as hell. Yeah, I mean, shit. It was, it was the uh, the start of the '90s, so it could only have gotten more '90s. Yeah, but it was very '90s. It was like soaked you... in '90s, even though I guess I think it was started production in the '88. So truly, truly a late '80s uh, feeling. But it, those those two time periods are almost. Uh, inseparable from an aesthetic standpoint yeah especially that um yeah the the real that that gap between like the 80s into the 90s you could still see like some of the holdover like the tried and true holdovers from the 80s like you know shoulder pads and stuff were still around but then like pants just seemed to have gotten wider and pleats <laughs> were like a a big thing and uh, oh yeah lots of billowing Lots of loosely tucked billowing garments gotta yeah. be breathe really so people can move in them. Yeah, maybe that's why I like wearing like the you know my like overshirt over my t shirts because it gives me that billowy movement. But uh, yeah, yeah, like you, know. you like having that they have that ability. It's a freeing. You feel the wind in between the two sheaths of fabric, and you know you're in the nineties. That's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, this is um. A real uh, interesting show because as a kid, <laughs> I loved it. I mean, of course, it is. There's a lot to like. I think there's a lot to like if if you place it in the time period. I think removed from it, I haven't seen it since I saw it way back when. So, like that far removed from it, it is inherently goofy. You know, they had a television budget. Although mm-hmm. I have to say the. The snippets of music by, or the combination of a of a intro theme by Danny Elfman, and then uh, a a a score um, by Shirley Walker. Sh- Shirley Walker, that's great. Um, there's a lot. I mean, and Shirley Walker is is doing her best Danny Elfman impression throughout this entire episode. It feels, the music makes the show, elevates it to the point where it feels way more cinematic than it ought to. Because the visuals are just real struggling to get there. 
True. I mean, even though this was the most expensive show at the time, it's like 1.5, 1.6 million an episode. Um, yeah. You see it now, you're kind of like, uh, somebody walking around with about a million dollars in their pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> like, you take a look at this suit, and then someone tells you that it cost $100,000 to construct in 1990 dollars. So that yeah. is, that is, you extrapolate that by a lot. In today's money, you someone tells me that's how much this suit costs. I'm like, I, <laughs> no, sir, no, I do, I do not believe you. <laughs> how dare you joke with me? Please, let's just move on from this indiscretion of you lying about how much this suit cost. Yeah, I remember reading that because they were like, yeah, it costs as much as the Batman uh, suit did, and yeah. I was just, I was like, really. A Batman suit has like texture and stuff. This thing is just like a velour carpet. Yeah, and it's even crazier to when you realize that it is indeed made out of latex, like a Batman suit, built by the Stan Winston Studios themselves, which were the special effects masters of the time. True. And they literally treated it specially to make it look as if it was fabric stretched over real muscle instead of latex but in doing so like you said it looks very much like foam like just it looks like foam like he's wearing a foam suit and the 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 the, the silly part is you know unlike michael keaton let's just be fair michael keaton has always been known as the buff guy in hollywood certainly um, not you know and that's fine you know so they padded out the batman suit and that's what they gave him uh john wesley ship did not need that he, no, he John Wesley ship is in crazy shape. Yeah, he's in great shape. And I think it would have actually made the outfit probably even a little bit better. Now, do not get me wrong. Even though it looks like foam rubber muscles and uh, velour from some sort of uh, opium den of the 70s, mm-hmm. in certain light, it looks really good. Oh, sure, yeah. When they hit I, it with a light directly on and you see all the like the difference in paint tones and the spray paint and it, it bends weird, you're getting a real uh, thing, you know. Yeah, you need, the- you need shadows. This this suit, I think, actually benefits from shadows a lot because, like, when we were, you know, watching through the pilot, I forgot how much of it you see in the day, and I'm kind of like, ugh, let's... Let's get back to the dank and dark uh, Central City. Have a, have a, have a right. t- t- get a, get out of the park here, buddy. You don't you don't need to be wearing that outfit. It it is it's it's kind of rough. And also, I don't know how many versions of that suit they had. Four, but four, right? So one of them must be the stunt suit or something that just had like the bent lightning bolt. Four, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the it has like the uh, the. the what it, yeah, the uh, tin foil lightning bolt that is sort of just crinkled well, up. It's just it just has like this uh, crease that you cannot avoid, and also they they upshot it in one scene, and you could tell that the bottom part of the lightning bolt was not attached to the suit. Oh no, it, yeah, it doesn't really follow the contour of the body. It sort of is it is sort of loosely hanging off by the center. Strangely big too. Probably a lot better than actually needed. Well, (laughs) I don't want to skip ahead too much, but I love the part where, so 
the, the central villain of this episode is is a, <laughs> a, a biker gang, a very polite and slow moving biker gang that have a bunch of like pretty Green goblin bombs. <laughs> yeah, that have a bunch of uh, what I'm just gonna say are water balloons filled with high explosives. Um, but they have like a, a blood splatter on their jacket, and this is this is what makes them an intimidating uh, presence in Central City. And so, at one point, Barry Allen is upset uh, because his brother has been murdered, and he comes in to the uh, to uh, Star Labs, uh, and uh, his his partner. Christina Tina McGee, scientist at Star Labs, who is helping him out with his this suit, this this flash suit, and he's like, you know that, you know that blood splatter they've got on the back of their jackets? It's a symbol. Well, I've got one too. And he <laughs> he smacks down a piece of a notebook paper which he has drawn the flash symbol on it. But it's so funny because it's never established that Barry likes to draw or can draw. Or it doesn't show him like in that Spider-Man style, like going through a bunch of like bad ideas before he lands on the iconic one. No, he just went back and he's like, I know. (laughs) I guess who got struck by lightning the other day? Me. Yes, let me go ahead and do this. Like, I mean, look, if I would have been, what, uh, Dr. Christina McGee, I would have been like, oh, did your nephew draw this? Yeah, where did you get this? It's like, okay, cool. I guess I can, I guess while I'm making you a hood to cover your face and gloves so you leave no fingerprints behind, I can also do this, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, I she's can... got, she surely has better things to do. This has nothing to do with, like, the operation of his suit or keeping him safe or studying him, which is definitely her motivation throughout this whole thing. He just comes and he's like, make me more suit. <laughs> She's like, all right, I guess. I mean, I guess you do it. Cause you don't really know what this, this person can do at this point. He's got these super crazy powers. You've never seen anything like it. You don't know when he might snap. So go ahead and make him a hood and fingerprint free gloves. Yeah. He's just basically manipulating manipulating the fact that her her husband she's lost her husband like a year ago yep not even that long ago and like he brings it up multiple times he's like i'm not like your husband i'm not gonna fucking die (laughs) like the joke oh i mean shit not only was that the terrible one there's another part when he's like you don't know how i feel and she's like maybe i do and i'm like you know exactly she knows how you feel because her fucking husband uh, couldn't get any funding for it, so did this experiment on himself and just was dead. Yeah, Come just on. Ex- I guess exploded. exploded or something. Yeah, and like yeah, you lost your brother, uh, not Jay Garrick, um, in a very no, um, that's Jay Allen. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Jay Allen. Excuse me, Barry and, Allen's much older brother. Well, yeah, like way older. Like <laughs> like is- his old his older brother like fought easily in Nam, maybe even the Korean War. <laughs> his older brother <laughs> is ten years younger than his father. Yeah, like I mean they they get both the same senior meal at this point. Yeah. That's how old his his brother exactly. is. Exactly. The only the only thing separating uh M. Emmett Walsh and Tim Thomerson uh in this in this show is like one works out 
and is five years younger than the other one. <laughs> That's it. I mean, here's the worst part. You knew he was going to get toast when he was wearing the OCP uh, police like police vest from RoboCop. Oh, my like, God. Oh. I know we're jumping all over the place, but the reverence... The reverence and importance given to people who ride motorcycles in this show is out of control. Like the in Central City, the like the most elite police unit is no, it's not like a bunch of like smart detectives. No, it's not the SWAT team. It is a bunch of guys on just like street bikes wearing camouflage, and that's it. They have nothing else going for them. Yeah, it's it was it's like yeah, we got a motorcycle group. I was like, was is this world where like, you know, a biker gang member became president of the United States, so everything was very bike centric and bike yeah. forward. Or is like, that where they were like, we're being terrorized by this bike gang? The only thing that can take down a bike gang is another bike gang <laughs> introducing the police motorcycle force. Take a look at them. Don't you remember their costumes? I mean, their outfits from... (laughs) They're like a weird paramilitary organization who's, I guess, doing a full convoy to protect a truck full of quote-unquote medical supplies? How in dire need? What's going on in Central City that they're just like, we can't let anything happen with these medical supplies? Well, I mean, shit, that opening was just like, you would have thought you were in the most... I don't know, you would have thought you were in Gotham. By the way, people oh, yeah. are like, it's nighttime. Get out of the street, kid. Don't play <laughs> your bikes. We gotta go. There's a roaming biker gang called the Dark Riders riding through our town, just blowing up our God cars. Forbid. <laughs> Here come the Dark Riders. All very, like, very good matching outfits, and everyone's wearing a helmet for the most part, being very responsible, uh, and slowly riding through town as they throw... Uh, water balloons filled with just, I don't know, the most explosive thing known to man. What's funny about the when you first see the Dark Riders is they drive past a bus, but it doesn't really show them throwing anything at it. Mm-hmm. So it just looks like their presence blew up a bus. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a poor guy who drives a bus trying to fix the bus. Uh, and it's like uh, broken down on the side of the road, and I guess it just got dark. And here comes the Dark Riders, and wherever they go, explosions are sure to follow. Yeah, where the di- uh, Dark Riders roll, explosions come for sure. Ex- explosions will go. Yeah. Great first scene in this uh, in this movie, because uh, as you said, we open up on the, a back lot somewhere, <laughs> very the most back lottiest back lot. They spend a lot of time like lingering on the neon signs, as if to say, you know. Tim Burton's got an aesthetic. Is this an aesthetic? You know that meme with the guy pointing at a butterfly? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Is this this aesthetic? aesthetic? (laughs) They're just like, "Ah, really put a shot of that neon moon in there. (laughs) We got to get, we got to get that neon moon. Uh, I I noticed that they spent a lot of time lingering on that. And then they just pan down to a kid and the kid just looks at the cameras like, And at first I was like, oh, are those are those like uh, some hooligans on a bike that are going to come get him? No, they're his brothers, I guess. They're playing just a good old-fashioned game of... Uh, being aggressive as fuck on the street corner, chasing yep. their, their younger brother around. <laughs> Look like I they're... guess. Yeah, I don't know. That was a very aggressive uh, 
uh, yeah, I, shit, we grew up in the 80s. I, I have siblings. I never played that dangerous no. game of being chased that way. Scream in the camera and then chased on bikes was not a game that I played. But if uh, if you have, I mean, I don't know. Let us know. Write it. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was your childhood. That's your childhood. Another thing I really noticed about this, because it, it's fairly obviously shot in Los Angeles, or at least it seems that way. Uh, and they used a lot of like art deco buildings, but like they weren't ever close enough together to have that like Gotham feeling. There's not like that cramped sort of like New Yorky type uh, feeling of Gotham. Yeah, this so could have been like, Mayberry. Yeah, might as well have been. But like they also, in order to enhance the style, they have a bunch of sort of weird cars. Yeah, like, they they have that one decadently weird car that you see in. Looks kind of like a boat. Yeah, a lot you know, of weird like, ones. Like that really weird pointed front. I think it's like a. I I don't want to call it a Skylark, but it feels like that was sort of the name of it. Yeah, it was real, real funky, non-placeable, nonsensical. It has uh, that kind style. of. It's kind of like out of out of time style. That it looks like it's from the sixties or fifties, but you can't really be sure. Uh, and then. Barry Allen's girlfriend, Iris, just drives a Miata. She just pulls up in a Miata, and it really just took me out of it. Everyone has these weird cars. She's got a Miata. They have these Mercury uh, police cars where, like, they're like, ah, geez. They look too much just like regular police cars. Okay, I know what to do. Take the thing behind the Mercury logo, that plastic panel between the headlights. Make that clear. Put another headlight behind that. It'll be kind of turquoise. Whatever. Mm. And then in the back window, just put two orange lights sticking up the back. I don't know why. Who cares? Don't I, don't question me. I'm the I'm the art director. On this. <laughs> Can you just do it. Uh, we're doing it, and that's yeah. that, that's all. That's all we're it, talking. They got a. I mean, it's a unique look, but it is weird because it's just like you could see the Mercury logo still. <laughs> like it's still pretty clear that it's just your your basic Mercury cop car. Although something tells me that Mercury. I can't imagine Mercury made a cop car. I think that's been Crown Vic's for at least in that time period. I think it would have been a Crown Victoria, but you know, write it. And if I'm if I'm off base there, maybe Mercury has a long storied history of making cop cars. But uh, you know, one of the many weird vehicle decisions made in this episode or this TV movie or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they they made a choice. They make it timeless, and of course, it's automatically. Pegable is exactly the time and place this, this show took place. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of effort put into fitting into this. Is you know prior to a cinematic universe such as we have today, um, but this feels very much like it wants to be in Tim Burton's universe. Uh, from the music to the set design, everything is sort of like a. Uh, 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 Wish.com version of a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is completely 100% inspired by the success of Batman. You know, they were like, we're going to lean hard on that when doing this show. Why not? Why? That's why you get Danny Elfman to do the theme. That's why you get all this stuff. Is a, Just try to 
build a little bit of that connective tissue to be like, see, we, we got it. Not only are these movies or not only these characters in the movies, but they're on TV. Now we're doing it. We're doing it right. We're spending the big bucks. We're, we're telling these exciting stories, which is cool. I think it's cool that like the, there's a lot of things that are corny about this show and a lot of decisions that they made when updating it that are kind of baffling. But at the end of the day, it is cool that this show that they made this show and they made it to the degree of you know they weren't faithful in every regard but they definitely did a lot of iconic things from the comics that i appreciated even though it's was sometimes hard to take seriously due to the effects yeah i mean i think it just suffers from the fact that effects have gotten better and uh it's hard to separate that still for me i'm getting better about it where it's like oh it's from the 90s what are you gonna get right but sometimes it just it really pulls you out of it like anytime he was moving fast i was just going oh they have not figured this out yet and i still don't think you've figured it out but like that was really holy shit it looked really goofy and a lot of the times when it would show from like a you know a medium shot it would look very much like he was just power walking. Also, it never seemed like he actually moved that fast. Like it's Th- thank most, you. Most of the things that he did felt like they could be done at a decent clip. Like you could go, you could be fast walking and doing a lot of uh, what he does in the time that he does it. Oh, for sure. There's that whole thing where he's punching those like three dudes on a roof. And I was just like, oh. I think it would just would have been better for you just to punch them normally. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, uh, don't move fast for this, buddy. Don't, 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 don't do it, Barry. You, you're, you're moving very slow. Like it, it looked really, really bad. Especially, he's, he, I'm I, like, I'm doing the motions right now that he was doing, and it was just like, ooh. <laughs> They, you could tell what they were trying for. Like that, you're they're trying for, to to see show that he is like in three places at once, and no one could tell where which is the real Flash, and he's like you know punching these guys. But it does look really. It just looks like somebody is going at normal speed, and 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 the person filming it left the long exposure on. <laughs> they're just getting the trails of the people as they go back and forth, because it just felt like the the effects were hiding the fact that it wasn't really sped up all that much. Um but uh, it's interesting how much of Barry's story is down to coincidence. Uh, like the way that Barry Allen gets his powers is like, I get why you have to add the speed force and have some sort of divine intentionality to the result of this. Because even though like Barry, even in the comics, Barry's had a tough run of it. Like the only reason why he gets his powers is just like, Lightning is crazy, I guess. Yeah, lightning is random, and it sh- shoots through windows. And, and then... right into a bunch of beakers filled with colorful water. Yep. And that, uh, ipso facto, uh, bingo, bango, superpowers. Yeah. I mean, I know what my superpower is. If I'm struck by lightning, I'd be dead. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. I Or uh, if I'm lucky... A super coma. <laughs> da, 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 da. It's been weeks. Da, 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 da. Vegetative state. 
It's Jesus, awful. That is um, but it's you know it would be my superhero story if I got if this had happened to me. But uh, Barry Allen here doesn't have a scratch on him after he gets zapped. Nah, he, he he's up and running, and his his uh, his medical thing looked a little weird, but other than that, he was fine. So I love this do- the doctor in the scene where he gets the news where that everything's uh, you know the, of course Barry Allen in this version is kind of a dickhead like a lot of characters were in this time period like in order to be cool you had to kind of be a dickhead all the time i guess yeah Uh, he was an amalgam of barry allen and wally west like it's like he had wally west's love life and some of his uh devil may care attitude compared to uh, barry allen Mm -hmm. yeah that's what it really felt like to me yeah that's a i think that's a good read on it um, but this doctor, I mean, dickhead for sure. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, well, that's some. You know, the Flash has some of that in their in different incarnations as well, but uh, really amplified in this for, version. Uh, I just love the doctor here being like, uh, "Well, you should stay. We, you need to be observed, but uh, I'm not going to keep you here. So bye." <laughs> he, he makes really no effort to really. He seems to be very concerned about him staying there. But really makes no real concerted effort to keep him there. He's just like, oh, well, I'm not a jailer, so I can't lock you up, so I gotta go. Yeah, what can I do? I'm just a doctor. <laughs> yep. Uh, and Barry Allen is a is a forensic scientist, so he's uh, he he knows what he's talking about. Um, interesting changes they made to his origin in this one, huh? Yeah. He is not respected by his awful dad. <laughs> Henry Allen is the kind of character which I think if he had the original Flash's backstory and and this Henry Allen got got uh, locked up for uh, blamed on a, a crime that he didn't commit, uh, I think people would probably be like, well, you know, actually this turned out okay. Yeah, I don't really I need to solve this. <laughs> you know, sorry, mom, but uh, you know, my life is immeasurably better now that Henry is rotting in jail. Probably yeah. not very popular too, because he—it sounds like he put away a few criminals with his past as a, as a hard-hitting lieutenant. Yeah, well, he was really—he's definitely his dad. This version of his dad was definitely really living in the past. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and not at all proud of his smart son, who is a who is a star forensic scientist over at uh, Central City PD. No, much more. Much more proud of Jay Allen, his uh, brother son, his brother son exactly, <laughs> his uncle son, or <laughs> he's even older, his dad son, <laughs> Jay Allen, who is just like, uh, and that's really the, a lot of what makes up Barry Allen's initial motivation is not like a sense of justice because his 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 mom was is killed and his dad was was framed. No, it's really just like he wants to impress his dad. Yep. Like he wants his his dad's love, and it's just never gonna happen. You know, the only time his dad becomes concerned with him is after, uh, yeah, uh, spoilers. Uh, Jay dies, and then <laughs> and he's just all like, "Well, no, like I mean, he could have been a captain, but uh, you you can't do that. You're all we have left." <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, so wait, you wanted him to be this hero cop when it wasn't dangerous, but when the Dark Rider show in a town and take your son out, now you're all of a sudden going, like, yeah, 
hey, you know, you're you're my son too. You're yeah, my okay. second favorite son. You're the only one I have left, so now I care. Uh, which is the lesson here. It is, uh, it, it, it's a weird dynamic that doesn't really nearly hit as well. Um, and, uh, it definitely, I mean, when his brother dies, killed by his former partner, Pike, the, uh, the evil leader of the Dark Rider gang. Uh, who's who's <laughs> who's described as having like these really scary scars, but then when you see him, it just looks like maybe he just was like he was looking in the bottom of a milkshake, a chocolate milkshake, to see if there was any milkshake left. <laughs> he just has like a ring of dried chocolate milkshake around his his eye. Yeah, it's kind of just a little dirt marks. Not really. The scars are very unimpressive and really failed to to add the gravitas. I think that they were they were planning uh, to this character. Very funny though to have the first Flash's like first antagonist just be a guy, and when the Flash really gets going at the end of this <laughs> and really just beats the crap out of this uh, biker dude, it becomes very apparent that it's like okay, well, this was kind of a gimme for the Flash. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at what point is he uh, not going to win this? Because, I mean, realistically, it was just a dude. Yeah, it's just a dude. Really, the the, the, the Flash's biggest problem in this episode is that he's he's having some of the spins because he's using too many calories. Yeah, he needs, to get, he, needs, he needs to get a couple of, you know, like uh, Cliff Bars or something. Exactly. He just needs to keep a couple of Nutri-Grains. Yeah, in the old, in the tights for later. Yeah, maybe that shredded wheat. Get one of those bricks. <laughs> <Another Yeah. pad. laughs> yeah, listen to Slimer. Get yeah. yourself some shredded wheat. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no. no, no, Slimer. You get back in the you get back in the Ecto One or whatever the fuck you came from. Not the, not again. Feel free to call me later. <laughs> okay. You're losing it a little bit. <laughs> Pressure of performance has surely got to you, Slimer. Uh, but uh, uh, hey, a shout out to Richard Belzer. Uh, yeah, as, it was as, nice to see him. Yeah, as interviewer and hard hitting reporter Joe Klein, apparently a going concern in the in the uh, series. I don't I don't really recall, but uh, uh, he has a blink and you miss it cameo here in this first episode. Yeah, I mean, I did. I heard his voice, but I was I was too busy playing Diablo. I think at that point, because <laughs> yeah, after a while, fair. I was just I was just going like, "Oh, what's going on with this? All right, I don't need to watch watch this, right? I've <laughs> seen it before." Uh, the the sort of uh, the core triumvirate of this this show is uh, Barry Allen, of course, Christina McGee being the the star scientist, and a, and Barry Allen's close friend and, and fellow forensic scientist. Julio Mendez, played by Alex Delzelt. Yeah, they're the only like show regulars. If I remember correctly, this is the only time you ever see Iris West. She does not show oh, up in yeah. any any other of the episodes. Yeah, Iris West uh, has a very strange relationship. She is uh, with a bear, uh, you know, our hero Barry Allen. She is uh, characterized in the show very strangely. She is like a classic uh, late 80s, early 90s sort of uh, the show talking down to an artistic type. Uh, 
you know, she works in a very avant-garde art, and she wears, you know, uh, a very uh, funky, quirky clothing. And when everyone is sitting around the table enjoying a nice cup of coffee after a slice of chocolate birthday cake, she's uh, she's popping out the horny ginseng, ginseng tea. Uh, apparently, Korean ginseng, which is, uh, according to Barry Allen, an aphrodisiac. And that yeah. gets everyone at the table very excited. Well, I mean, I guess that's the only thing to be excited about if you're at fucking Central City outside of roving biker gangs is yeah being killed by a water balloon (laughs) being killed by a water balloon or seeing the the dark riders go past with like some radio flyers tied to the back of their bikes filled with glowing sprite (laughs) (laughs) this is all starry yep it's just a bunch of uh radioactive starry in the back of there i guess it's the chemicals that they use in their hideout in the dam (laughs) yeah it's it's one step away from the Foot Clan hideout in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, but not as fun. Not as many games as I thought they should have in a dam. Not at all. Although they they did they have done a crazy job of decorating it. Uh, they have a great Western Union lamp in there. Yeah, lots of sure. uh, lots of uh, just a ton of uh, neons. It looks like somewhere you'd see a streamer's background. <laughs> It kind mm-hmm. of looks like it's mm-hmm. decked out like that. It just has a bunch of kitschy garbage. Uh, it's insanely... It's not messy and rugged like you would think a homicidal motorcycle gang's hideout in a defunct dam might be. It's very brightly lit and very cheery almost in its color scheme to the point where it is... Uh, I don't know. It, it was distractingly bad. I was really... I was really put off by this environment. Uh, the the, uh, the bad guys uh, reside in. But it does lead to maybe my favorite moment in the show where Barry Allen actually uses deduction and science to track down the enemy, not just his superpowers. And that was a nice little integration of his, his smarts in there with the... Uh, all the exciting flash powers he's got now. It's true. When he does Barry Allen-like things, he can be a likable version of the character. But yeah. there's very few and far between. Yes, it's a, they're used a bit sparingly. It's yeah. a, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, like, I like the Hangout in terms of if that was where my after-school program would have been, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Sure, yeah, it does have a it does have a bit of that uh, it does have a bit of that feeling in, in there. Um, yeah, it's the boys and girls club. That's all good. It do, it does seem like somewhere that would where Stomp might rehearse. Mm. It's true. They did have a lot of steps, and they had that wall of TVs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are introduced to one of the the main villains, uh, played by uh, uh, Lysianaf. Is Lyce is that right? I don't feel like it is. I'm so sorry. Yeah, whatever I mean, it's, you're actually, yeah, however I think you're right. I, no, I think you're right. I think it's Ly- Lysia. Uh, but uh, you you Trek heads out there might remember her as uh, Sonia Gomez. 
Ensign Sonia Gomez from Star Trek The Next Generation, known for that episode where she spills coffee all over Picard's uniform. Or is it, it might be chocolate milk. Either way. Uh, she plays a bit of a femme fatale in this episode, um, hanging out with her boyfriend, immediately turning him in when he is revealed that he has stolen $300 from the game. Like, an, an, an enormous sum that they will be able to apparently retire on or at least get out of the city with. Bruh. The day I wish $300 would be like that to me. <laughs> yep. Enough to just like immediately turn uh, her boyfriend. Uh, uh, I don't know the, who plays her boyfriend, but I, based on how he looks, it looks like MTV's Dan Tor- Cortese <laughs> is back. Uh, straight from whatever that sports show he used to uh, host on uh, MTV Sports back when he went by the name Dan Cortez. Um, but uh, here's a funny thing, John. So he is guilty of uh, of stealing $300 from Pike, this, this uh, heck of hard uh, motorcycle gang slash cult leader who, uh, spoiler alert, is a former motorcycle cop himself, so much so that he wrote the book on being a motorcycle cop. Not only he wrote the book, he's so proud of it, he still kept it with him. Oh, yep, he, yeah. He's, that's something I wrote a long time ago. <laughs> I can't believe he keep Anyway, uh, so he... Her her ex boyfriend, soon to be ex boyfriend, is is guilty of st- stealing this three hundred dollars, and so um, as punishment for this crime, they strap him to a motorcycle, mm-hmm. and then let that motorcycle go down a tunnel, at which point it explodes. Uh, now, John, I don't know exactly how much a motorcycle cost back in nineteen ninety, but I gotta believe it's more than three hundred dollars. Yeah, just by a little bit. Yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, you want to steal three hundred dollars from us? Well, we'll destroy one of our motorcycles. How do you like that? Yeah, I mean, we don't have to. We we're in a dam. We could just push him off the dam. Nope. Yeah, uh, so many other choices. No, they gotta strap him to a motorcycle and send him down a tunnel. It tips over and explodes immediately. Look, gang gets gone. Didn't have a dam to throw people over. He had horses, and that is yeah, the reason that's why right. he did what he did. Yeah, fair would, enough. I mean, I guess he had to keep up uh Which was appearances. also probably written in that motorcycle cop handbook. Yep. <laughs> it's probably the foreword written by a good old uh, uh, Pike. What's his name? Yeah, Pike. Uh, Pike? Nicholas, Nicholas Pike. Pike. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Played by Michael Nader. Uh, yeah. Um, and... Uh, he does get his revenge against uh, Jay Allen in a in a super obvious <laughs> ploy, a super obvious trap. Uh, they uh, they set up a bit of a, a con, a little bit of a damsel in distress style, fake them out, uh, and ambush all these motorcycle cops and uh, kill them all. Yep, and then uh, uh, Barry just arrives. Um... Just a little too late. Yeah, he um, was sleeping it off. He was sleeping off his... He's been very... He just doesn't listen at all to uh, Dr. Tina. And uh, and and, and it, he his brother pays for it. Uh, pays for his, uh, his hot-headedness with his life. Um, 
and uh, that's really the catalyst for uh, the reluctant Barry Allen to accept his place and his mantle as the Flash or the Red Ghost. Yeah, how, how, how do you feel about his no? His no. Oh, <laughs> to be honest, John, I I did not know that was a no. It just oh. sounded like a guttural. Oh! <laughs> yeah, no, I, I felt that was a no. I mean, it was, ooh, I wish I didn't watch that in the remastered, because you can see a bunch of things. Um, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about, John? Well, you know, it's just like, it's weird, right? Because it was shot for, like, TV, but it was shot on 35 millimeter film. Mm-hmm. So, upresing it, even from the source, it looks pretty good for, yeah. you know, for what it is. It and just nice. Yeah, but then like you see his face, and he's just kind of cradling Dre, Jay, not Allen, or not Jay, not Garrick Allen, yep. and he's just like, <laughs> yep. and then of course the they cut to a funeral scene, but it's just a TV budget that they could not afford to get enough extras for a funeral scene, and so they just have uh, Henry Allen lamenting over his son's grave and being like, well, I couldn't cry yesterday with 300 people there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, they don't cut to that at all. They don't show us. No, it's just, uh, just Barry and Henry in a, in a, uh, a grave and, and Barry's still just kind of trying to get Henry's love and it's just not working. I could do it, dude. I'll get him. I'll get him. I'm the bullet. <laughs> Ah, uh, if anything exemplifies toxic masculinity, it's that uh, masculinity. It's those two relationship. <laughs> yes, yeah. Just like uh, you're like, just go, man. You really just need to move on. Maybe you just need to cut communication with this guy. It seems like it's really not healthy for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got a nice ass apartment. You got work. Like beautiful. Just, that. just this, just the classic '90s style of having a a loft. A, like a gorgeous open concept loft. Uh, and then you work at a job that you've never heard anyone have. Like you've, I've never known anyone who's a, uh, a police forensic scientist, but apparently they make bank because this guy's a, that are, it's just like, because there are so many water balloon, de- uh, exploding water balloon deaths in central city, the property values are just rock bottom. I think that's it. It's like Gotham. It's like as dangerous as Gotham, but there's nothing to do there. And so they're just like, they're paying people 10 grand to move to Central City. Exactly. Exactly. Look, we'll pay you. You move here and we'll give you a dog. Oh, yeah. You get a dog that I swear to God is a different dog in the first scene. (laughs) Yeah. Like one goes from like, I swear, like golden retriever to like some, just some brown dog. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Not the same dog. That dog I quit. Look, I swear to God, it's a different dog. Lots of do- lots of they get a lot of mileage off of this dog. The dog's played for laughs several times. The exact same joke, unfortunately, but several times the when Barry Allen is doing Flash stuff when he's sort of discovering his powers, uh, the dog goes into the closet and uses like a belt that's tied around the, the the handle of the closet to close the door. Leave me out of this. The the, the dog seems to say. Yeah, but realize that thing was on the handle before he had the flash powers. <laughs> yep. So how often is he like, oh, no, this guy's crazy. I got to go in here. Yeah, he probably put it up there. 
Yeah, it's like, oh man, have you seen this guy? He's nuts. And he's filthy. Yeah, he's dirty all the time. He's always stealing people's clothes. They have a they have a big the writers thought it was a real funny bit to have uh to have the the cops that drop Barry off after he is uh, you know, forced to walk home uh after he gets stabbed in the leg and uh can no longer run at flash speeds. And he's wearing someone else's clothes that he stole off the clothesline, classic hero business. And they can see his like flash socks <laughs> through it, and they just have a they just have a heck of a scene. Feels like it goes on for twenty minutes of them talking about him having red shoes and that being the craziest thing they've ever seen. Yeah, have you seen his red shoes? Nuts. Hey man, he's going through a lot. I don't know, man. He's got them red shoes though. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, cut him some slack. He went through a lot. One of the big changes the costume designer made on the show was to take out the yellow boots. Uh, I don't know if that was a good idea. <laughs> it's the, sort of the material plus the finish plus the fact that it's it's like one color all the way down the leg onto those little booties really makes it feel like it's a onesie. There is a onesie vibe to that lower body that is hard to shake, especially in this, as you said, upgraded version. The way it folds and flops about is positively pajama-like. Yeah, but I, I guess I'm happy with the the onesie look compared to where I think they would have taken it, where they would have like carved in individual toes into that sock. Oh no! Why like would they have done that? John? Because it's this weird like it's. Like, okay, when you see most superhero costumes now, there's a fair amount of texture and layers that they yeah. add, they, that they need to add uh, to a degree because if you were just to do the, the basic, basic costumes, you wouldn't have that much depth to see them on film. But this doesn't, this does it with the, the, the muscle striations and stuff, but oh, yeah. it's, in a, it's in a lot of places. So I was just like, wow, I just was looking at that. It's like, yeah, he doesn't have his red boots. I was like, oh, I wonder if they just thought about like making it like one giant toe or a bunch of individual toes, like he had skeletos on or something like that, like versus what he currently have. So I, I, I was just happy with what I got versus where I imagine they could have taken it. <laughs> I'm surprised that they don't show sack creases. Oh, they should have. Because <laughs> there is definitely a part where, you know, they explain, uh, Dr. Tina explains that there is they uh she's gotten this suit from like a secret russian experiment that they canceled and she quote unquote borrowed it and in order to like sell the audience on the fact that this isn't just like a molded silicone that has like been painted to look like cloth uh the flash is just like i can it's like it's molding to my body and it's like, dude, come on. I saw you. You are buff, but this is ridiculous. Each peck has like an overhang to it that you could huddle under come a, a rainy season. That's it. Hold on. I got to hide. It's rainy. It's sprinkling <laughs> outside. I'm going to hide under your chest. Okay, Barry. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. You know, to be honest, I'm really tired of this conceit for The Flash. They've done it in every live action iteration, which is just like he needs a costume to prevent him from like... Uh, burning up or whatever and i'm like uh, the car uh, the comic solved that eons ago by just calling it a frictionless aura this dude's already running super fast just give him that so that way i don't need any bullshit for why he needs this suit 
Because otherwise, his clothes light on fire. It's every single one of them. 1991, the 2014 one, the movie one. I mean, shit, the movie one had bungee cords for a while. You know, like, I don't need this. It's okay. Like, yeah, just put him in the suit. I don't need, like, this secret material that's meant to do this. It's like, who figured that shit out? Who figured out this thing that this person who's running almost the speed of light has figured out a way not to just explode while running? Just, <laughs> yeah, I need all this stuff. And this this was the same one. I was like, oh, some Russian deep sea si- diving suit? Like, I wouldn't want to wear that in a while. That thing looked like it would just soak up all the water around me and drown me. Yeah, it does look like a shrinky dink. Uh, uh, that's the kind of texture and uh, character of the material. Uh, another great gag in this one is that uh, Barry Allen and Iris, the, the whole the, the tension for them throughout this entire thing is that he they're both twenty five, which is laughable because he looks like he is thirty five at the least. Uh, but he really wants to get married, and she doesn't really want to get married, and so. The big arc for them is that eventually he's like, hey, I've been thinking about a lot, and we don't have to get married. It's fine. And she's like, yay! <laughs> and they, uh, then, they, of course, the, you know, cross-cut to the fact that they have, they have definitely had sex. You could tell from the, uh, the clothing on the floor. And then we launch into a very long Austin Powers-style sort of joke about how fast it is. And you're like, Whoa! <laughs> I guess he really is the Flash. And uh, no, they were talking about a fight. I guess they were watching a boxing match. Great thing to do after in your cuddle time uh, is just watch a, a pugilistic endeavor <laughs> such as boxing. I guess you know, everyone's got their thing. Yeah, you do you. I'm not going to kink shame there. Knock yourself yeah. out. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Then they do the whole gag of she's like, "Well, about the Thai food," and he just comes back almost immediately with it. Versus, you know, yeah, on a tray, and she's like, "You've been gone for two seconds." He's like, "You must be having blackouts," and the thing, they never address it again. And apparently, they never, never, ever address it again because he doesn't come back on the show. Yeah, don't have to address something if it does no longer exist. Yeah, maybe she would have come back for a season two, uh, but we'll never know because we never got a season two. Uh, but you know, Mark Hamill was on later episodes, uh, yep. playing the trickster, sort of, uh, the proto, uh, Joker laugh comes from that. Yeah. I, were they at the same time? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, this was b- a little before cause remember Hamill He's came in a little bit. Yeah, well, Hamill came in a little bit later for the Joker right. read. Originally, it was Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. So he, <laughs> he there. I mean, it's just kind of like his maniacal laugh at this point. It feels like that's just kind of sure his bag. Hey, when I saw him in these episodes, in both episodes, highly entertaining as a kid. I don't know if I need to go watch them now, but they really entertained me uh, when I was ten. Yeah, and I think that's it. That's it. Lot to like about the show, especially in the crop of like different types of superhero shows we had access to at the time. Uh, definitely a lot of fun. Suit aside, final fight aside, which is hilariously bad uh, between the Flash and Pike. The Flash 
confronts him at first, gets dizzy, and then gets pushed down a storm drain. Uh, and then 10 seconds passes, and the Flash returns, and he goes, Hey, Pike, remember me? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I yeah. just pushed you down a storm drain. Yes, I remember you. Yeah, I defeated you because you got the vapors. Yeah. And <laughs> you just kind of hold it. He tries to choke him at one point, but he can't because he can't move, and so he falls down that damn storm drain. Uh, but then he just punches him a lot and lifts him into the air with his classic Flash tornado. Which to the reaction that Pike has to that is he doesn't want to be lifted up. Wow, it's he's like the most terrifying thing that's ever happened to him. Lifts um, him up into a transformer. Yeah. Not the the kind not the kind that turns from a car into a robot, no. Uh electrical transformer and fucking kills him. He he comes back. Oh, he's okay? Yeah, he's okay. Does he have electric powers now? Nope. Uh, that's too but bad. he shows up in a later episode he gets because okay. the thing is he gets electrocuted and he, at the end of it you see the flash kind of tying him up so it, oh right he does tie him up so i guess <laughs> this, right. that was just just a light electrocution right and also remember he was getting the vapors when he was about to tell him who he was you know he's just like his name was oh heavens to megatroid yeah, and also he's, he's like, you killed my brother. And he's, surely, surely Pike knows Barry. And knows, like, because he was the he was the partner to, to Jay forever. Surely he knows he has a younger brother. Surely he realized, like, he may have killed a lot of people with brothers, but he killed one very specific person just recently. Yeah, very recently. Surely he can put two to two together. No, he does not. You know, really give away his uh, identity, even though he's itching to. Uh, it's that weird thing. Like I gotta tell you who I am before I kill you, Cliche. or just zap you and then then put a bunch of wire around you. Uh, and uh, the Flash is the hero of the day. They set up the ongoing series by. The Flash just being like, hey, you can help me out, but I'll do it anyway if you don't, so. Yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. And then it ends with a tender moment of him telling his nephew that he will be there in a flash. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> hey, I know your dad's dead, but I can't run like him, wink, wink. I'm the Flash. Anyway, I'll be there in a flash, flash, and your flash. Is everyone... Does, are people calling him the Flash yet? I've been dropping it a lot. Lots of hints that I want people to call me the Flash. Anyway, bye, Flash. <laughs> you see that red ghost? Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I love that red ghost. He's really helping out the cops. What? You mean the Flash? <laughs> Nobody calls him that stupid. Get out of here. That's the worst name I've ever heard. He's a ghost. The Flash? It's a red ghost. Nice. <laughs> He's always appearing and disappearing and doing all sorts of like pranks like a poltergeist would. He's doing all sorts of pranks. Take your motorcycle apart bit by bit with a socket wrench. He didn't even know what was happening. Yeah. For me, I would rather be called the Red Ghost than oh, the yeah. Streak. No, you don't want to be called the Streak. You don't want to be called the, uh, the Skid Mark. All that's uh, that's bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe I like I could wear Skid Mark with a, as a badge of honor. You're taking you're taking that back, huh? 
<laughs> you know what? No, I'm going to leave Skidmark where it is. I think it's fine. Yeah, I, think I it's don't fine. think you need to take it. I don't think it needs any help. Yeah. There's nowhere it needs to go. That's fair. You're you're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. <laughs> fair. That's yeah, fair. Uh, well, there you have it, folks. The Flash that everyone wanted to, us to talk about has now been talked about. The 1990 pilot starring John Wesley Shipp, The Flash. And then later to, uh, to speed on to uh, 2014's Grant Gustin-led flash and into our hearts forever uh but uh we sure as heck enjoyed making this show for you did you enjoy listening to it i hope so let us know if you did or you didn't on discord join us on discord it's the most fun discord server in the world asterisk asterisk (laughs) fun me (laughs) very Bob Saga does have a promise that any actual fun will be had on the Discord. Um, uh, we will promise we'll talk to you, though. That's right. We are very active on that Discord, so if you want to talk to us and you have opinions of your own. Uh, speaking of which, last week we did our um, Saturday morning cartoon themes, and uh, I got a lot of feedback on that one, including some, some lists that I might, uh, to might share on the show at a later date with a lot of deep cuts. Uh, a lot of compliments for uh, for John and his uh, his eclectic tastes in uh, in theme songs, and a lot of admonishments for forgetting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I will freely admit that I did. Uh, I did get. I did not forget it. How does it not make it on your top? Then? <laughs> we know we can't get into it. We can't get we into can't it. We can't get into it. Sorry, we we probably could. I didn't forget. Join the it, Discord. Though. It was John will explain little... himself. Yeah, sure. Join the Discord, ask me, and I'll explain why Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was on the list. Yeah. I forgot. John has some explaining to do. But either way, come on the Discord, and uh, we'll all hang out and have a good time. Uh, but oh, what we like to do at the end of every show is thank Burton M6 for the incredible music on it. Wouldn't be the same without his work. So uh, please give him a look. Give him a listen. The link is at the bottom of our show notes, so check it out at your earliest convenience. Of course, there are other links there, too, and they will lead you to our various social networks. And network, I can't, we don't actually have a social network, <laughs> maybe someday, but we have accounts on various other large platforms. Uh, just go ahead and check it out. There's plenty of uh, ways to get in touch with us. I'm not going to list them all out here, but as we like to say at the end of every show... We hope that wherever you are out there, however you choose to listen to us, that you are feeling happy and healthy. And if you're not, that's okay, too. But I'm going to throw it over to John for the final word. Remember, folks. Remember me? Thank you for tuning in to all my super fans. Hope you coming back again. Got a shout out to Fresca. I know you riding with me as we pull up in the Hyundai Delhi City. <laughs> you want the hype? I gotcha. Gotta keep it locked right here on Pop Saga. Woo! Pop Saga, let's go. Pop Saga.